Hey guys, JK here, back at you for another episode. And man, I tell you what, I'm excited for our uh, episode today. I've got my man, Justin Stoddart on, and he is just a class act. Uh, talk about a guy that, as you guys have heard, I've told you about like, chasing your lion. Uh, he is in the midst of it. And I love it when we are able to get real world entrepreneurs that are in that grind uh, and they've got a great message. They've got great passion and they want to just get it out there to the world because they know that the world needs it. Uh, Justin is a uh, just an amazing man uh, with uh, six children. Let me repeat that. Six children. And I got four, which is a lot, but six children. And he's just a proud father. And he is a great husband as well, too. Uh, he's got a new book that's uh, that just came out that is called The Upstream Model. And then he's got, the, he's got a podcast called Think Big real estate. And uh, I tell you what, he is just awesome. And uh, you're going to love, love, love this conversation we have with my man, Justin Stoddard. All right, Justin. Hey, man, I'm so glad to have you on our, our podcast today, my man. Um, I got to tell you, when I was researching you, it was amazing how many things you and I have in common. Literally, uh, from almost the amount of kids I have. Yes, you have six children, brother, and you look like you're in your 30s, by the way. Uh, so unless you started at the age of 18, you're probably a little bit older than like 33, 34, which is what you look there. Thanks. I appreciate it. Yeah. my uh, I don't know if they keep me young or if, if I'd even look younger without them. I don't know. <laughs> it depends on the day, right? <laughs> That's awesome. You got six kids, four girls, and and two boys. Yep. That's right. That's awesome. And the ranges are from what age to what age here? Yeah, my oldest is 14 and my youngest is three. Okay. Awesome. So we, are so. we still going, man? Are we, are we making no. a baseball team here or what? No. no. Yeah. We were definitely done with our six. Okay. We kind of knew that when we started that we wanted yeah. to have a big family and six was our number. Yeah. And uh, at times we wavered and wondered if we could pull it off, but we, you know, we did and we're grateful for it. So. Yeah, it's awesome, buddy. I'm I'm from a family of seven and the oldest of seven, so I completely appreciate and so empathize with your uh, your oldest. Which is is it a is it a boy or a girl? Is a girl. Okay, yeah. so she and I would get along really well, and we would have a lot of babysitting tips to to uh, share with each other. I'm sure she could teach me how to uh, do a diaper better than I've done in the past. So uh, maybe one day we'll get to meet there. <laughs> She's pretty awesome. And I, yeah, she, there's, we try and create some fringe benefits uh-huh. for being the first. Cause there's definitely some added responsibility of being the first of six as you understand. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I love that you're doing that. I think that one of the keys that, um, I always try to give people like a parent's advice is like, you know, if you have a lot of children, here's the thing is like, make sure the oldest doesn't become the babysitter full time. That's not their responsibility. And I know I had a lot of resentment actually when I was growing up, cause that was always on my shoulders. And I'm like, dude, they're your kids. Like, that's not my job here. So I'm glad that you've identified that. She's going to have a much better life than, than I can remember in certain aspects. Um, you know, the other thing that we have in common is, as you got into the construction world, and, uh, and I know that you were really well on your way and establishing a great high-end building, uh, builders company, uh, and, and, and you were, you really were enjoying it. I mean, it was a, it was a great life. You were very successful at it. Uh, my father was a builder for 30 years. I got into real estate simply because I didn't want to pound nails the rest of my life, but I wanted to be a part of the building process. I love the architectural part of it. I love the design of it. And very similar to you is, you know, when 2008 came, it's like, holy cow, what are we going to do? 
that's when a massive transformation in your life happened. And I'd love for you to kind of tell the story with our audience. No, I appreciate you asking that. Um, it brings back some fond, yet also some painful memories. Yeah. A uh, little bit of PTSD that, you know, the, at the time it was probably early, early 2000s. Um, I was uh, invited by my dad and stepmom to participate in flipping some homes. Prior to that, I'd, I'd been actually working early mornings at UPS kind of over the holidays uh, and really trying to figure out like what was next for me. I'd come home off a church mission and was like, okay, what's next? What's it going to look like? And when I came, um, from doing the early morning loading boxes to then all of a sudden in the afternoon, I would go and, and work on this house and we would turn it and sell it. And I watched like $30,000 get made like that. Mm. Whereas I was earning 15 bucks an hour thinking I was doing really well. And I was like, what just happened right there? How, yeah. There was a lot of money made there really quickly. And I realized like this real estate thing is, is really a powerful way to make money much faster than me punching the clock and working really hard, right? Mm. Trying to get a promotion. And I, I knew that wasn't my path. It was just kind of an interim, right? Kind of get reaccustomed into kind of civilian life. And, uh, and when I got to, um, you know, it, 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 at that point I decided like, okay, like real estate is going to be part of my life. I went back to school, um, but went looking for a job kind of in the construction industry, realizing like, I'd like to learn to like understand this at a deeper level. And, uh, so I went to work for a builder quickly realized like my place wasn't out on a job site. I just wasn't very handy. Still. I'm not. Mm-hmm. My wife will attest to that. <laughs> we um, have a lot more in common right there, dude, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, but I'm, you know, decent at managing projects and, and kind of making, you know, good relationships with clients and subcontractors. And so I, I kind of took on that role. Um, you know, within a few years, I decided that I wanted to do it on my own and I left to start my own company and uh, learn some things quickly that it wasn't as easy as maybe it had appeared, you know, while working for somebody else. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I began to do that. The business started to grow. And then lo and behold, 2000, you know, six sets, things start to sputter in certain markets. High end market was still going well. And a lot of more kind of cash buyers doing fine. 2007, eight, all of a sudden now there's trouble, right? And um, I really had a decision to make at that point Josh, and, and, you know, the decision was I could do this, like I could wait this out for the next five years and, you know, do kitchen and bathroom models in the meantime to try and provide for my family. And I could do that if I, if I really loved construction and that's actually what I wanted to do for a living, um, then I think that probably would have been a wise move and I would have been fine. And obviously now I'd be in super high demand, right. And yeah. would have been for the past 10 years. Yeah. Um, but what I realized is my passion was not building homes. It was not developing land. I'd become proficient at it and I'd built a decent business around it, uh, but it didn't actually light me up. And, um, you know, we don't always get the opportunity to do stuff that lights us up. Like sometimes we just have to go provide for our family. Yeah. But at that point in my history and kind of my career, um, I would have had to fight really hard to stay in that profession. And so I kind of went seeking, like, what is it that would light me up? Mm-hmm. And I realized that every part of my business that I really enjoyed had to do with developing people, had to do with building business strategically. And, um, and so I really kind of sought out a career that would allow me to do that, that would allow me to, to kind of apply a business acumen and a personal development acumen and passion for that. Um, and, and so that's what I, you know, what I sought out. And um, I was, uh, kind of took that next step into, you know, in kind of running some other businesses. Uh, and then I was um, hired into the back into the real estate industry, into the title and escrow world uh, with a charge to grow a company that had just launched in the Portland, Oregon market. So I was able to apply all the things that I'd learned in my home building business. And what I realized is that when I'm building business, 
you can't go very far without building the people that run the business without it not working. And that really kind of tied into my passion for building people is that if I could develop leaders while helping them strategically build their business, Mm -hmm. that's what lit me up. And that got me really excited to see people open up to the possibility that, wow, I can actually live abundantly. And and then from that, I can, I can give and serve abundantly in the, you know, in the process. And so that's really become kind of my passion is to wake people up to that, right? Wake them up to the realization that um, I can have a really abundant life. And it begins with me growing myself so that I can grow my business and me being a catalyst to that and being an instigator to that and a Mm -hmm. guide through that process um, has become something that I really, really um, am passionate about. So what year was it that you really went and took that big leap? I know, once again, you just, it's just, you know, I know going through this process, it's, you'd like to think, oh, it was a couple of weeks and I'm ready to go into it. Like, when did you, yeah. when were you able to take that leap of faith and say, okay, I'm going all in? And especially knowing the fact that you've probably got a really young family at that time, right? You yeah. got to get wife on board, right? And, and here we go. Like, it's the, the, the responsibilities are all on your shoulders. When was yeah. that about in, in, uh, in your life? You know, yeah, as the construction market was failing and I went from doing, you know, having a pipeline of multi-million dollar custom homes one by one start to evaporate. Yeah. And pretty soon I was excited to get a kitchen and bath remodel and I thought to myself like this is not this is not the game that I signed up for. I didn't even like construction to begin with. I started to realize. Yeah. And now that I'm not making any money doing it, it's yeah. even less enjoyable, right? So for the next several years it was really like I just got to provide for my family. Like I can't be too picky here, right? Uh, fortunately, I was hired back in Oregon where I was from hmm. to run a family-owned uh, business. Uh, it was a regional marketing company and was was kind of able to apply some of my business um, kind of learnings in, you know, in that environment. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I did that for three years before I was hired into – in fact, I was self-employed for a few years after that. And I was uh, kind of really hired as a, as a specialist to come in and help launch this title company in Portland. Um so, and then from that process over the past seven years, I've really developed more acutely kind of what it is that I can bring to people because yeah. I've really been coaching, consulting, um, and, and kind of that whole developing of people. So that's really, um, you know, we'll see where this leads from here, but this past seven years has really given me a platform through which I could really discover, like, what can I be great at? What yeah. can I really, really help people with that, um, you know, that also compensates me in a way that I want to be compensated. So that's, that's, we're kind of in the early phases of that, of what that looks like for yeah. me mm-hmm. outside of the brand of a bigger company. But, um, it's, it's been quite a ride. So I, I'll, I'll tell you that I'm, you know, the past seven years has been great for me to really be like, this is it. Like I've found it right. Like the work, the day-to-day work that I do, I love it. Yeah. Now it's how do I put it in a framework that pays me what I want to get paid. And that's, that's really what, um, I'm working on right now. I love it. You know, one of the things that you and I spoke about is that I know a lot of people that are listening to this show are these younger entrepreneurs, not necessarily younger in age, but younger in their maturity of that entrepreneurship in their life. Uh, We have people that are starting that second phase of their life, you know, retired teachers, uh, people that are getting into this next, next life where, you know, maybe, maybe the bet business failed and now they're venturing into something new. And so I love that you were sharing right now, kind of where you're at, because once again, so many people talk about the other side of the fence. 
you know, hey, back when I was really starting this, before I was making hundreds of million dollars, that's what it was like. It's different to be in the trenches now and to be growing that. And you're doing a fantastic job of growing your brand. Um, you've got a, a, a great book. It's an international bestseller. It's called The Upstream Model. I'd love for you to share, first of all, I feel your pain in writing a book uh, with coming out with mine recently because it was like, I, I, it's a little bit of PTSD because you want it to be perfect, Right, and you 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 want to you want to make sure you're bringing value to the the people that are reading it. Uh, I'd love for you to talk about first of all, not the content yet, but the journey to discovery. That man, I've got a book inside of me. I got to get it out. Yeah, you know, I didn't see it at first. I had a I had a business coach actually that I'd hired, and a, and another kind of close mentor friend, and both of them within a few months of each other had said, you know what, you need to write a book. And at first I, I was almost, almost laughed like, <laughs> yeah, right. Like, yeah. what am I going to write about? Like, yeah. that's sweetie to say, but I have no idea what I'd write about. <laughs> but it's interesting when somebody says that, and I think I've had different times in my career in life where people see something inside of me that I don't yet see. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually had somebody at one point, I, I'd um, just done a kind of a short little presentation and, and this lady pulled me aside afterwards. She said, you know who you remind me of? I think you're the next Darren Hardy. And I don't know who did, like who Darren Hardy is, but he kind of been a mentor. And I was like, what? Like that's silly. Right. And afterwards, whether or not she meant it at like the level that I would hope that somebody would mean it. Right. It planted a seed in me that maybe there's something more in me than what I'm seeing. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, that's what I aspire to be for other people is saying, Hey, look, you might just be like a seed right now, but you've got the ability to become a tree. Right. I can see it. We can all see it in you. Yeah. Time to wake up to that buddy. Right. Cause I, and so when people came to me and said, Hey, look, you need to write a book. I was kind of like, ha, 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 I'm just a seed, right? And they're like, yeah, I can see a tree though, right? And it was that seed, once they said it, I realized the seed was there. And then just naturally your reticular activators opened up to this whole new world of like, well, if I were to write a book, what would I write about? And you're still kind of like, I don't know. And then all of a sudden you get an idea and then you get an idea. And then pretty soon it's kind of like this burning within you of like, I think this would actually help people. Like this is the stuff that I do all day long and how I help them. Like, what if I could just serve a larger audience yeah. by doing this? And then all of a sudden it starts to germinate. And, and, and then all of a sudden the ads you're seeing on Facebook, whether this is all coincidental divine intervention or just algorithms, I don't right. know, probably yeah. some of the, uh, all of it yep. where, you know, all of a sudden it's like, it's people saying like, um, you know, we'll like, we'll help you write a book. And all of a sudden it's like everywhere you look, it's like, you need to write a book, right? Um, so that's kind of how it happened for me. And um, I got some help from a, from a publisher who, who also acted kind of as an author coach and help me through the process. Um, and it was me writing it. I didn't want to just like record it and have someone else do it. Like I really wanted to be the person that I wanted to be my voice. Yeah. yeah. And um, it was not an easy process for me. I think some people are very articulate when they write. Um, and for me, it was, you know, four to 6 a.m. for eight to nine months every day. Yeah. Cause that's the only time it was really quiet and I wasn't mm-hmm. distracted by the cute little faces around my house. Mm-hmm. Um, to where I could really, you know, put some things together and, and, and start to make it come to life. So that's awesome, man. Well, I'd love for you to talk to us about the book now because it's it's uh, it's great to be inspired to write one, but now you got to get content, right? Now you got to actually bring some value. So I know this is a really great book. I love where you're positioning yourself with this, with not only real estate agents but also other entrepreneurs as well too. So it's really multifaceted. Uh, can you just dive into them so that our audience has a good understanding of the value of why they want to go and buy this book? Yeah, you bet. Thanks for asking. So 
what I realized in, in the roles that I had played in the marketplace is that in the past, well-paid professionals competed against each other. And as long as you were better than the next guy, you could win, right? And that's still the case. However, we have a new competitor out there that's bigger and badder than ever, and that's these massive tech platforms. Mm-hmm. What, what these massive tech platforms have realized, and I'll use Zillow as an example. If you're a real estate agent, you know what I'm talking about, yeah. right? If you're a, a, like a mortgage loan officer, um, it'd be like Quicken Loans, right? Um, if you're, you know, let's say in the financial advising space, it might be like a Robin Hood or a Vanguard, right? Yeah. Anything where people would choose a computer program over you, that's the new competitor. And what these big tech platforms have realized is that some of the work that these well-paid professionals used to do is easy for us to write an algorithm for and lower the fee for the consumer. And at scale, those big tech platforms are able to make a killing, right? Hence the billion dollar valuation of like a Zillow. Mm-hmm. And so where does that leave well-paid professionals, right? Are they on their way out? And my answer is always, absolutely, you're on your way out unless you continue to innovate, unless you continue to grow and develop yourself and your value proposition and your ability to communicate that to where the consumer actually knows that there's a difference between you and these big tech algorithms. Because if they don't, why would they choose you, right? If, if it's like I can do option A or option B and I get the same result and one is I can optimally deal with the person and it's easy and it's quick and it's less expensive, like if that's what they believe in, by the way, that's exactly what these big tech platforms are preaching all day long, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Um, then there's no reason for them to include you, right? So you have to not only develop your value offering, but your ability to get it into the minds of your customers, mind share, right? You have to actually get it into their brains. Mm -hmm. And so that's essentially the problem that I'm helping well-paid professionals solve is how do you rise above that? How do you actually offer better service? And then how do you get to the customer before they do? And the question comes back like before they do have you realized that your cell phone is listening to you all day long like how are you possibly going to get to the lead before they do Mm -hmm. it's like well it's before they turn it into a lead and sell it off to another professional right like how do you get to that lead and so the the content of the book is number one your value proposition has to be better and one of the ways that you can get to the customer sooner is by creating strategic partnerships with other well-paid sales professionals so for example a real estate agent having a strong relationship with a wealth advisor to where they're adding significant value to that wealth advisor's clients around their real estate portfolio Mm -hmm. and helping that wealth advisor to be more valuable than any other wealth advisor out there. Because now they're not just talking about a stock portfolio. They're talking about an entire net worth and they're garnering real estate market data to bring into their conversation. You've now put yourself in a position to make that other well-paid professional in a different industry more valuable to their clients, which is PS exactly what they need to be doing to defend against the vanguards and the Robin hoods. Right. Yeah. So you've helped them to raise their value proposition and you've put your content, your help into that conversation right at the very moment that that wealth advisor is uncovering the fact that this client of theirs has a real estate transaction in their future. And so by making these strategic alliances and adding business value, what, what a professional is able to do is instead of trying to keep their arms around 500 people in their database and stay top of mind, even when Zillow is in their newsfeed all day long, mm-hmm. they can now 
take care of a very small database of well of other well-paid professionals from other industries, adds such value to them that those other well-paid professionals want to bring them up in all of their conversations with their clients to where you're getting there early and you're getting there edified as a fellow professional, yeah. you know, and on and on. So, so uh, it changes the identity, changes the strategy and allows you to have a referral based business. That's more business hours, right? You're not having to drop off ketchup bottles like on the weekends and have these big client events. You can still do that. And I still believe in those things to some yeah. degree, but you can also just, take really high level business care of a, of a small database and get lots of referrals as opposed to take care of a big database and get sporadic, you know, kind of yeah. haphazard referrals, which is oftentimes what happens when people do referral based business is they run out of time because yeah. they're taking care of a lot of people who really can't help them. Yeah. But if you find people who can help you and take care of them at a high level, life gets better because you're able to make more money in less time. Yeah. I love that you went there in the sense of, taking care of the people because I know being in the same industry, one of our companies that we have under our, uh, enterprises is, is, is real estate. And I think that the misconception, uh, that a lot of real estate agents get into, first of all, there's a ton by the way, but one of the many things as a real estate agent is the fact that they've got to have these massive, massive, uh, uh, SOIs, right? They got, they have massive, massive, right? And yep. the, what we continue to teach our, our people is you've got to dive deep into the roots of the relationship, right? Like those seeds that you're planting with people, yeah, you might not see the fruits of those for a while, but the deeper the root, the better and longer you're going to be in this industry. And I'm so glad that that's one of the principles that you're t you're talking about because it's, it is so much about the relationship. You know, the one thing that Zillow will never be able to do is to actually open the door and go in there and sit at the table with you, right? They're not going to be yeah. able to, uh, they're not going to be able to call you and, and come over for that birthday party because you guys are, you know, now you have a friendship with them or to call you when something tragic happens to your family member or, or something, right? Your loved one. And yeah. so the, the relationships are so important and the ones that are successful, and I'm, I imagine you're seeing this time and time again by this principle that you're teaching is that the ones that really want, are able to make a career out of it are the ones that are so focused on that care and that attention uh, to those clientele. And that's when they create those raving fans. Yeah, and I think, I mean, you bring up a great point um, in that to go to that level of, of relationship with people takes time, right? And you're yeah. a great dad. I know just before this, you were, right, with your favorite little people out on a track, yeah. right? Which is actually where the best time spent that we could ever invest on planet Earth, in my opinion, yeah, right? Sure. Is with that future, you know, with that future generation. So how do you possibly show up as that kind of husband, that kind of father, and still show up in deep relationships with all of this sphere of influence, right? Well, yeah. that's, that's the problem that a lot of people run into is that that's exactly who they want to be. They just run out of time to be able to scale the business how they want to scale and go to the depth that they want to go to. And so, you know, one thing that the upstream model teaches is, you know, the 80-20 principle applied to your database mm -hmm. with a specific focus on not who are, the, who are not just the people that are past clients and, and, and friends and family, but who are the people whose current client is your next client, right? Mm -hmm. But the way that they're positioned in the marketplace, all day long, they're dealing with people who they're uncovering because of the work that they do on a day-to-day -day basis. They're uncovering the fact that these, that these people are going to be needing a real estate agent, for example, or a lender or a financial advisor, right? Kind of whatever uh, spot that you're in. Like people 
like that's their work to where it's not difficult for them to have to remind, they don't have to be reminded as much to look for the neighbor who says they want to sell, right? Mm-hmm. Which is oftentimes what happens in kind of a, a sphere of influence only business is that you spend a lot of time trying to combat against the Zillows of the world and stay top of mind and go deep with people that you run out of time to be, to scale up to the level you want to. And so in that sphere of influence business, and I'm not saying you abandon that by any means, right. but I am saying that you need to have a few very key professional partners yeah. that you go deep with on a relationship and a value business value standpoint. And those people can give you multiple referrals a month that close as opposed to someone who it's awesome if I pour value to them and they give me a referral every couple of years. Like that's, that's kind of how we've thought, like that's how we've been trained to think about sphere of influence value of like, boy, they refer me every year. Well, what if somebody who you were pouring similar time into could refer you two, three, four times a month? Mm-hmm. Would that change things for you? hundred yeah. percent, right? So that's the upstream model teaching you how to be, how to identify who those relationships are and add such value to them that these people want to bring you into the conversation with their clients. Well, and you know this, I mean, personal endorsements are so much more credible than just an online lead in a cold phone call, right? Yeah. So massively better right there. Have, have you noticed uh, with the people that you're coaching, mentoring, um, and then are you also using and duplicating your model here? Are, are you seeing, a, let's just stick with the real estate side of it, because we know that that industry right now is just unbelievably on fire when it comes to the listing side of things. Are you seeing them be successful in these really challenging times when it comes to no homes on the market? Yeah. And, and, and here's why. I mean, um, and I share this. In fact, I'm getting ready to do a five-day challenge this next week. In the in the financial advisors that I talk to, many of them are advising their clients, like, might not be a bad idea to cash out of use, like, some of your real estate properties right now. Yeah. Right? And I'm not saying that that's good or bad advice. Like, that's not my level of expertise. I don't know. But I will say that there are people in our marketplace right now, other professionals, that are not only aware of the fact that a real estate transaction or listing is coming, they're instigating it, right? They're saying, you could probably put that money in the market or you could probably, right, um, sell one and buy two more, right? Like they're advising these people in these things, right? Whether they be tax advisors, CPAs, financial advisors, they're oftentimes at, at the center of helping that client make a decision to sell. So of course they've got an inside track on it, right? Yeah. Well, and, and let's not lie too, because we know capital gains taxes are going up too, bro. So if you're going to sell, this might not be a bad time too, with low interest rates and that potential of those capital gains taxes going up. Uh, Hey, listen, you've got a number of other things that you provide too. I mean, you've got some free training. If they go to your website, you've got a mastermind as well too. Um, Obviously you can, you're a speaker, so they can, they they can uh, inquire about your speaking and engagements there, but you've also got a great podcast called the think bigger real estate show. Uh, Obviously, we're talking real estate, so we can keep going into that. But what what inspired that? You know, it's funny. It was very self-serving initially um, in the sense that it was simply a ploy in my title and escrow business to be in conversation with the highest producers. I figured if I called them about title and escrow, they're like, look, I've had a relationship for 10 years. Like, appreciate it. Regardless of my value, they wouldn't even hear it. Yeah. But if I called to say, hey, look, I've got a a podcast, would you be willing to be be interviewed on it? Yeah. I just got a different response, right? So you, so you who, played to the ego a little bit right there, which I totally, like it, man. There's 100%. no doubt. I got into it. In fact, it was called at first the Think Bigger Mastermind. And I realized like I really need a niche down here. So I, yeah. I pivoted. Um, and it was about that time that I was like, you know what? I was doing this to get you know appointments and build relationships with people who could be future customers. 
I don't care if it turns into any of that. Like, I freaking love this. I'm able to spend time with people like you who I never would have met before. But because I've got a platform, it's an excuse to be in conversation and build a network that I never could have built before. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's that's still what it is for me now. It's it's no longer a, a ploy to get in conversations um, you know, to get title and escrow business, but it's become one of the more valuable networking opportunities that I provide because I'm able to go deep with people. Um, and I just figure, well, I might as well record that and share that with other people. And so, um, it's, it's, it's become a lot of fun for me. I've, I've created some of my best business relationships through that. In fact, our mentor in common, Sharon is how, yeah. like he was on my podcast. That's how I met Sharon, um, kind of how that came to be. So, so there's, there's all kinds of fringe benefits that have come from that. And, and now it's kind of turned into more of a movement. You know, the, the signature question they ask at the end of every show is like, what do you do to continue to be a big thinker, to continue to expand your possibilities? Mm. And just the answers that I get from people like Sharon and Grant Cardone and others is like kind of like super inspiring. And it's caused me to see the world totally differently. Mm-hmm. Like I can't go back now. It's like once you see it, I can't unsee it, right? You've heard that phrase before. And it's like once you rub shoulders with people, who you end up realizing are probably a little smarter than me, but they're not crazy smarter than me. Right. Mm -hmm. And, but they've done crazy more things than I have, like and created like way more impact and way more income and way more independence. And that's super inspiring because it's like, man, am I playing small? I think I am. Just yesterday I had this from someone I met through Sharon's network. I had a conversation with her kind of about coaching business, et cetera. And my mind was blown. I'm like, I am playing way too small. Holy cow. I just, just a few minutes with her. I was like, right. And, um, and so I think that podcast has become for me and, and what I hear other people saying is, man, it just helps me to think bigger and I'm like mission accomplished. That's exactly what the purpose behind it is. Right. This is to expand the possibilities of, of, you know, what's possible for me. Yeah. I love it, dude. I mean, you're so inspiring. And I know people that are listening to this are going to be excited about not only following you more, but obviously diving into the book and the other things that you're providing for them. And a lot of this stuff is really free content too, which people of course love that. But I know that there's opportunities for them to support you too. Uh, what's the, where's the best place to find you uh, when it comes to, you know, if they, if they just wanted to follow you, uh, social media sites, what do you, which one do you prefer? Which one do you love? Yeah, I'd say probably Instagram would be probably the place where I, I'm, I'm probably most present, right, to, to anybody who I don't know personally. Yeah. Um, so I, I would say follow me there. It's just at Justin Stoddart. Um, and there you can um, kind of get access to some of the free things that I offer to kind of open up a relationship. So Okay, fantastic. And then they can go to your website to get the book. Um, yep. All right. Yep. Fantastic. Yeah, JustinStoddart.com. Um, with a, Stoddart with a T at the end. And, uh, yeah, there's a number of free offerings there. Yep. The books are free plus shipping. Um, and, uh, you know, there's some other kind of free things that I give to really get people kind of their head around, like, wow, could this really work for me? Yeah. And then, um, you know, some additional ways that I can be of help to you there. So excellent, man. Absolutely. Love it, buddy. And then you can always get a strategy session with him as well, too. If you want to dive even deeper and want to have a little more of Justin in your, on your, in your life daily and weekly, (laughs) of course, too. So, um, so in, in closing comments here, brother, first of all, um, I'd love to just pose a question back to you since you just opened that up, dude, what is helping you think bigger, uh, and not be complacent? You know, one of the things I've had to realize is that, um, it gets really easy to consume free content in our world today, Mm -hmm. right? And um, there's a lot of it and it's good. Um, I've found that when I pay for help, I take it more seriously and man, do I get fast tracked, you know? Um, It's just, it becomes difficult to try and take free stuff and apply it at the level and speed that I need in order to compete in today's marketplace. So I just had to find who are the key people that 
that I really resonate with, that I want to be like, that inspire me to think bigger? And can I pay for access to them, right? Can I write them a check that lets them know I'm serious and lets myself know that I'm serious, right? That I'm actually going to take this person really seriously because I'm investing in it, right? Yeah. That's awesome, dude. I love that, buddy. Uh, any last comments that you'd like to uh, to impart and, and some wisdom or uh, leave with our folks here that are listening? You know, I really appreciate you asking. This has been a total pleasure. You're a fantastic interviewer, by the way. I just love your style. Um, Thanks, you just buddy. get a sense about, about, about people and the kind of um, parent that they are, the kind of professional that they are, just the giving here to really serve other people. Um, I just want to say thank you. Um, yeah. And to all your listeners that are loyal listeners, man, stay stay tuned stay close to this guy he's going places and uh, yeah you'll be well served not just in a in the business realm but in the personal realm of following someone as authentic uh, and just genuine as this man here so I uh, appreciate that brother I will send you a check in the mail for that endorsement <laughs> right there for sure but in all seriousness everybody listen the one thing that I love that we were talking about with Justin is the fact that you know as you're thinking bigger who are you going to surround yourself with you know uh, I often I, I love that you talked about you know you've got to be willing to pay it because you got to pay to play I'm sorry you know there's yeah you can get a ton of free content out there and you can get overwhelmed with that but until you actually take it to heart and are willing to put money on the line for your improvement and your betterment, you're only going to get a just an absolute tip of that iceberg. There is so much more uh, when it comes to the quality of people that you surround yourself with and access. I mean, just like you said, Justin, I mean, I would not have known, I w- we wouldn't be on this podcast if it wasn't for a really great mutual friend uh, that we are both investing in in order for us to grow ourselves and better serve our community. So uh, I think that's just a, pr- a, pr- a perfect example of it. But for everybody there, I, I hope that you guys enjoyed this uh, episode with Justin. And once again, the price of admission, as you well know, is that you can't just hold this. You can't just let this thing stop. You've got to go ahead and, and share this with somebody that we know that's going to make it impactful in their lives and uh, and make sure you have some conversations about it as well too. So once again, we always appreciate you. Love you. And we will talk to you on the next episode. <laughs>